It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to Be The Light Now Radio on Blog Talk Radio. And I'm your host, Reverend Michael. It has been an amazing eight-year journey that we've been on together. The last two years, I've been on hiatus, rediscovering myself, so I can continue to help you. Coming to you live from Costa Rica. It's been one heck of an adventure. We're bringing to you the best psychics, mediums, healers. You have questions, we have the answers. All is not lost. Don't give up hope. We're back, and we're here to help. Pick up the phone, give us a call. You have nothing to lose, and so much more to gain. So tell your friends about us, and tell your family to tune in. I've been on an amazing adventure about to bring you on it with me. Oh, good evening, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 26, 2017, and I'm your host, Michael, Reverend Michael, however you want to call it. Yeah, I'm easy to please and happy to... my train of thought, but that's perfectly okay. It's been one of those crazy days. Um, you know, I, I posted before about psychic abilities and how, you know, sometimes I think Andrew, our guest, posted something. I'm going to bring him on shortly um, about closing up your abilities and just tuning out of things. And I did that for the longest time. And, um, you know, I can see spirits and I can see them when they're moving around and doing things. But I guess I closed up my abilities and refused to do anything with them for the longest time, but they've reopened again. It's like, uh-oh. Um, <clears throat> you know, it started two days ago, um, seeing the little corner flash, like somebody walking by, and I'm like, okay, there's nobody walking past me, and just kept seeing it on and off. It wasn't constant. Every once in a while, it would happen. And I was like, okay, um, you know, maybe I need to go to the eye doctor. Maybe I need to get my eyes checked. I mean, need to do something and, you know, you just start wondering about things and, um, you know, it's uh, kind of hard after being a caretaker for so long to want to think and care about myself. <clears throat> so I'm like, okay, if it's not my eyes, then maybe it's a spirit trying to get my attention. So, um, you know, when I finally thought about it, um, I got a 
phone call and was told that uh, Louie's mom was uh, not doing too well and they didn't think she was going to make it. And I'm like, oh, she's the one who's been visiting me for the past day or day or so. Um, you know, and, and we have to, I had to get used to it again. I'm like, oh. So, you know, I didn't see it at all during the night. About 2 o'clock this morning, um, got up, and I was in one of those days, days where I'm half asleep, half awake. And, you know, and I'm talking with her and she's like, well, you know, I'm feeling a little scared. And I said, well, there's nothing to be afraid of. I said, you'll be fine. I said, you know, if Louie and anybody else um, isn't around you right now, I said, then, you know, don't worry. I said, they'll be here. I said, just don't be afraid and just, you know, take it easy. I said, I'm here for you. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I heard, I love you. Thank you. And I was gone. And um, I got a text message like 4.30 this morning. Um, where she had passed away at about 2 o'clock in the morning. So she had come over to visit me and um, let me know that, you know, she was a little nervous, a little worried. Um, but I think a lot of it had to do with maybe with her being um, being unsure of things and being a little nervous, a little scared, like we all are when we finally cross over. Um, it was hard for her to to believe in any of those things. Um, uh, the psychic realm and uh, about my gifts. So, you know, maybe, you know, for a split second there, while they're adjusting to being in spirit, they can't see their loved ones, depending on how it happens. So, um, you know, it takes a little um, time in our realm for them to um, see their loved ones who are there to help them. But once they open up and accept the fact that it's like, ooh, I'm not in the earthly realm anymore, I'm in, back in spirit, then they can see their loved ones and they can go ahead and get the help and finish crossing over. So it's, uh, it was nice that she contacted me and connected with me. And she was, um, you know, like my second mother. Uh, when my mom died in 2001, she's like, you know, you're not alone. Well, I'm here for you. I'm here to help. And she was always there. Um, for me until uh, a couple of years ago after Louie passed away and they had put her in a nursing home because she wasn't able to take care of herself anymore and she's in her 90s. So but she was always there, always accepting and uh, when I told her that I had met Ed and she's like, well, are you happy? And I said, yes, of course I'm happy. And she's, that's all that matters. So that's what Louie would want for you because that's what I want for you. So um, it had been a couple of years. Uh, the family kind of kept her, um, you know, locked away, and nobody can really talk to her. And she was getting Alzheimer's, so they were afraid she's going to run up a phone bill. So they took her phone away. But you know, I was always there in spirit and always trying to find out how she was and and uh, worried. But you know, it's all for the better. But you know, when you close up your abilities, you're like, oh nope, I don't want to deal with this now. Um, spirit sooner or later is going to be like, I'm sorry, you're opening up your abilities whether you're ready for it or not. So when I kept seeing those flashes, I was like, you know, it didn't dawn on me at first. I figured, oh, well, you know, something's going on with my eyes. Um, but once I realized it, and it was like, okay, so seeing spirits again, which isn't scary, but, you know, it's kind of a little annoying when, you know, you're seeing these white flashes, like somebody's walking past you, and I'm like, Okay, so now I know it's my abilities reopened up full again, which is fine. It's it's due to have that happen, and that's why Spirit sent me here for whatever reason to open up my abilities and use them. 
So it's been um, a crazy day, um, not really doing much of anything, working on the websites, relaxing, just taking it easy and remembering um, good times and seeing if there were any spirits around who wanted to communicate. But, um, you know, I had to recharge because seeing all of that uh, and not being used to it, I wasn't grounded. Um, So I just had to reground myself, refocus today, and then I'll be back to normal in no time whatever normal is at this point. But it's always nice to to be able to go ahead and help out a loved one when they go and transition over. So I was there with my mom. I was there for uh, my dad, for Louie. And now I ended up helping her um, from a couple of thousand miles away. So spirits don't, you know, there is no distance. They just can be wherever they need to be, whenever they need to be. So it's... um, been kind of an interesting day, but you know, you, if you're opening up your abilities, you know, don't be afraid of them. You know, embrace the changes that are going on around you. And if you haven't seen a loved one in a while, you know, no matter what the excuse is, you know, uh, talk to them, say hi to them, because you never know what the last words may be with uh, that person before they decided to um, to transition over over into spirit. We'll be talking more about opening up your abilities and communicating with spirits. Um, I'm going to bring on my guest in just a moment. I know. You're all eager. The call-in queue is getting busy. So if you're wanting a chance to even get on air with us tonight, you need to give us a call at, let's see, 657-383-1437. I need to get used to a new phone number. I was off air long enough. They switched my phone number on me. But it's 657-383-1437, and we can go ahead and get you on the air for a quick mini reading with Andrew. He's the was better known as the rock and roll psychic, um, amazing gifts, amazing abilities. And it's going to be nice to bring him back on in just a second here. If you go to the website, too, um, bethelightnow.com, uh, you'll find a schedule of guests that we have coming up. You'll also see a new call-in numbers because I'm going to be going into a different switchboard. Um, Blog Talk took me a few minutes to uh, log in. It's like it wouldn't recognize my host pin and kept disconnecting me. I'm like, okay, I get it. I have to switch things and it's getting there. Uh, I know a lot of you have downloaded the Android app so you may be listening to us through your mobile device, which is really nice. That's all going to be changing soon. Um, Apple, the um, iPhone uh, app I've been working on the past week. So we're trying to get that fixed. If not, I'm going to go to a different um, app designer and change things around a little bit. Uh, because I've decided to go ahead and add where we can have some relaxing music, meditation music. You can listen to some past shows uh, on there as well. But I've gone ahead and um, installed a streaming audio server. So we can go ahead and um, put meditation music on there. So whenever you need to just zone out and relax and do nothing, you can click on the app, click on uh, the live broadcast, and listen to some relaxing music or energizing music, whatever my mood feels like for that day when I Uh, upload all the music to it but you'll be able to go ahead and do that 24 hours a day seven days a week and when we're broadcasting live that music will stop and you will hear my wonderful amazing voice with our fantastic guests 
So I've been busy. Spirit told me a long time ago to do something like this. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. And finally, Spirit said, yes, you are. So we're finally getting there. It's uh, taking a little time, but uh, we'll be able to broadcast that. And if any of you are out there and you host your own shows and you're like, hey, I want to be able to broadcast and do things like that, too. Let me know. I have 10 streams. Nine are available. One's for me, of course. But you can have your own radio show uh, broadcasting on there uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I can also help you build your app. Uh, I've paid the subscription for the uh, App Store to uh, to be a developer. And I know how to do it for Google. So we can go ahead and get you an app made and um, install that so your listeners, wherever you're broadcasting from, can tune in anytime that they need to. So it's uh, been keeping me busy doing that. Uh, if you also want some... Uh, a good hosting company then you have to check it out my neighbors like to ride their motorcycles down the road really loud Uh, but if you go to yourpersonalhosting.com that's also us I have my own website hosting service outside of the United States it's in Amsterdam so I can pretty much say what I want to say do what I want to do so we can talk about um you know, about hemp oil, about different herbs, supplements, different things to help you heal your mind, body, and spirit holistically. And we can go ahead and not have to worry about, you know, the FDA and other agencies saying, you can't say that. It's like, yes, I can. I live in Costa Rica and I'm broadcasting through Amsterdam. So they have a little bit more freedoms, uh, as you can imagine, to what we can talk about and what we can do. So we're going to be starting to do a lot more of that soon. I may add another show in on Sundays um, and uh, maybe just one show during the week to talk about nutrition, nutritional healing, using herbs, supplements, um, a whole bunch of different things along those ways to help you uh, better yourself, open up your pineal gland, open up your third eye, help you tune in and open up your abilities. You know, we eat in have so many junk foods and chemicals and all this processed foods that it uh, blocks up the pineal gland and closes up your third eye, which is the same thing. And, you know, that's uh, one way to open it up. And it's, they're trying to keep us all quiet and in the dark. And they're all uh, afraid of what happens when people get knowledge. So I kind of like the idea that I've been detoxing and trying not to eat the processed foods anymore. We're doing mostly all fruits and vegetables. Occasionally we'll do some chicken. But uh, we have no boxed cereal, no, um, you know, nothing really canned goods or anything like that. We do a lot of things from scratch. I'm learning how to use a pressure cooker and um, all that really good down-to-earth old-fashioned cooking again before big supermarkets came along and, so, but we'll be talking more about um, helping you out to heal a, a better life. Speaking of hemp oil, I sent our logo and label to our distributor. So soon I will be selling uh, CBD oil. It's full spectrum. So you're going to get all the health benefits of the hemp plant. And unfortunately, if you're looking for something to get you a little buzzed, well, ain't going to happen with the hemp oil. So I saw a post and uh, somebody says, oh, well, this batch of hemp oil, it doesn't get me buzzed. It's like, well, you weren't using hemp oil before then. You were using regular cannabis oil if you were getting buzzed. So there's there's a big difference on there, but you get some amazing health benefits. So we will be distributing that as well. Uh, as you can tell, 
um, coming up with different revenue streams for different income sources because we're trying to go ahead and keep the radio shows totally free. I do not charge the guests to come on, and we do not charge our listeners to go ahead and come on air with us. And I haven't even started asking for donations yet, but I'm trying to go ahead and do other uh, ways to help uh, many different people on their journeys here. And the chat room is open on Blog Talk Radio if you want to go ahead and listen in on there. Uh, again, if you want to get in a queue, because I'm going to bring them on in about two seconds. It's 657-383-1437. And if you're listening on uh, Facebook Live, hi, everybody. Um, yes, you get to see my beautiful, amazing face. Um, but uh, we can possibly be um, taking some questions from the uh, chat room there. So if you're on Facebook Live, on my personal page, I'm going to be switching it over to Be The Light Now's uh, Facebook page um, shortly. So you need to go to that page, like it, so you can get the videos on there. But uh, you can post your comments, and if it's a question, I want to bring you on uh, on here too. I'll go ahead and post it on the screen uh, so we can take your comments on there. Um, so I see some of my neighbors from here in Costa Rica are in the chat room there in the comment section. I call it chat room, but it's not. But, um, yeah, you can tune in there uh, and do us a favor. If you'd like the shows, click on like on the videos, click share, tell everyone they have to go ahead and tune in. Because in about mm, three-tenths of a second here, I'm bringing on the one and only. Let me see where he is in the queue. He's all the way at the bottom there. The wonderfully amazing Andrew Brewer. Hello, Andy. GP, what's going on, dude? How are you? Uh, keep him busy. Well, good for you. I've been living in the beautiful country of Costa Rica now. Well, I'm in the uh, fabulous metropolis of Hamilton, Ohio, but I'm going to New York in a little bit, so that all kind of balanced my energy. So it's good to hear from you. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, good to hear you, and good to have you back on the show again. It's been a long time, long time. Yeah, because I took uh, about two years off, so it's been a couple of years since you've been on. It's good to be back. It's good to be back with you. I've done a lot of them. So. Yes, so uh, let everyone know a little bit about yourself, because we have a lot of new listeners. Well, you know, I was, um, you know, I was a psychic when I was in my 30s. I was on TV when I was in my 30s. Uh, then I took a little break. I was a corporate executive. I went back to being a psychic again about 10 years ago. Um, I was just voted the man of the year and a white worker of the year and a bunch of stuff last year. And I've been uh, listed in, I think, like, 30 different polls and magazines and books is one of the top 50 or top 100 psychics in the world. Um, I've written 11 books. I did um, uh, an MP3 series on past life regressions, done uh, tarot and divination decks, one on past lives. Reincarnation is kind of the thing I guess I'm the most known for. Um, I was an actor, a film actor in Los Angeles for a while. So, again, you know, that's kind of the highlights, I think. And the rock and roll psychic part, I know that's discouraging to people because they're not really musical. That was just sort of a guilt by association. 
and that I had a lot of clients from musicians, and it just sort of came out that way. I'm not really sure even how that, you know, when I look back on it. But, um, but yeah, so I've been a psychic. I was a psychic when I was young. I was a professional psychic in my 30s. We had a child. I stopped until I was in my 50s, and then I started all over again. Well, you're you're making the rounds lately because I've been keeping an eye on uh, all the different shows you're doing and, uh, and you know what you've been up to. Oh, thank you. You know, I mean, it kind of goes in waves, right? You know, I did a lot, and then I would take some time, and and um, you know, I mean, I feel it's like anything else. You know, sometimes you're busy, sometimes you're not. Uh, but uh, but it's always fun. You know, it's fun to get out and do different things. I spend a lot of time. Uh, the last few years, doing more with writing and you know more social media kinds of things. When you know for a while, especially when when Allie and I would do shows together, Allie Cheslick and I would do shows together. I did radio shows, gosh, like seemed like two or three times a week. But I, I don't do very many anymore. You know, so um, so it's always fun to do them. I do you know like one or two a month probably. Anyway, I know that's kind of dull. So it's so that's kind of the highlights. So here we here we go. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, I've seen your posts about uh, Allie being uh, real talkative at times. Well, you know the thing is, you know, my mother died four months ago, and my best friend died three months ago. And one of my one of my other really dear friends, Gary Patterson, died. Uh, so I had. My mother died at the end of March, uh, Allie died at the end of April, and Gary died at the end of May. And uh, Gary and I were, like, super tight, and we had a lot of projects in the works to do things together. And Allie and I had been really very, very tight, and we're getting ready to do projects again. It's ironic, you know. And, um, and you know, the thing, you know, I heard what you're saying and when the night before my mother died, I came back last year. I, I lived in Nashville, and I came back because my mother, I came back to be the primary caregiver for my mother. I used to come back you know, and stay like a month or so. I would live in Nashville part of the year, and I would live in Ohio part of the year, and in New York part of the year. So I came back from Nashville last spring, and I just stayed. And I was with my mother 24 hours a day for a year. I mean, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't, I couldn't leave town. I could never be gone more than two or three hours for, for almost a year. And during that time, I didn't do a lot. I couldn't, I couldn't do events, and I, couldn't, I just couldn't do things. So, so I was in her apartment, and the last few months, she went into, uh, an, you know, she went into um, like a nursing home the last couple of months of her life. And um, right, before, right the night before she died, I was in the bathroom, and I see, like, plain as day, like, as a clairvoyant. And you know this, Michael. I mean, you sort of see things in your head. Well, this this wasn't I saw things in my head. You know, the light, there was like a, a break in the, in the light from the kitchen. And I saw this figure, you know, about 5'8", five, 5'10", five, walk out of the back bedroom, which would have been my mother's bedroom, and just kind of whoosh out. And then I see this big blue light flash in the bathroom. I didn't think anything of it. I thought, well, that's really weird. So about an hour later, I get a phone call that my mother had died. So so I'm assuming that she kind of cruised through. 
checked out her stuff and then went adios. And, um, you know, things like that happen. When my mother, when my father died, uh, we were in Kentucky and we lived in Ohio and I'd come back from college and, um, and my father had a massive heart attack, had a massive coronary and just died right, right in front of me, literally right in front of me. And so he said, you have to call your mother. I'm not going to call my mother. I have to go back to Ohio. It was like two hours away. And we drove back. And when my mom saw me, she saw I was with my father. She knew. And she said, your, your dad came to me. This is my mom talking. You know, your dad came to me at 4.30 in the morning, which was right at the time my father died, and sat at the end of the bed and said, I've had a long talk with the Lord and everything is going to be okay now. This happened when I was 22 years old. And when I was 22 years old, I was a glam boy jock, and I had no interest in being a psychic, and I was kind of, you know, um, I wasn't really, like, spiritual at all. And um, even though I had had memories as a child, you know, like the little boys who remember past lives, I had those as a little boy. You know, I remembered those things. I drew pictures and things when I was, like, two or three years old. But all that went away for the most part. So so I had a conversation with my father a couple of days before he died and, and somehow they were talking about you know, they were talking about God and um you know, I said, Well, I just think that's just stuff that people make up, right? You know, they don't you know, there's no proof of that. There's no rational there's no rational reason for anybody to believe that. And my father said to me, So, Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I think something will happen that will change your opinion. So two days later I mean, less than two days later, my father has a massive coronary and dies right in front of me. And so, you know, up in, for the last couple of years before that, I'd been having, like, visions. Well, I didn't know what they were. They were kind of confusing me. But after that, when I was, this happened when I was 22. When I was 23 is when the psychic thing came full bore, flat out, out of nowhere. And I had to try to make peace with it. And I went through a period, I don't know if you've ever had this, but I went through a period in my early 20s where I was very telekinetic. This lasted for about five or six months where I would look at the salt shaker and the salt shaker would move and all sorts of things would happen. You know, and I would touch things and they would blow up. So I went through that period. And um, so then I be, so when I, was, you know, I inherited money when my father died and I used that money to basically take six or seven years, see, well, five and a half years, it took five and a half years where I just sat around and I meditated like five, six hours a day for five and a half years. And then after that, I kind of came back out again, and then in a couple of years, I was on television. It was weird. But so so anyway, that's the long-winded story about, you know, spirituality and the, and the visitations, just as, you know, you were talking about too. You know, you have these, these connections and these... Um, but it was, but it was interesting that um, it was interesting that we were having this experience, right? We were having this experience, and um, you know, it's um, it's hard to explain. But I mean, you get into a rhythm with it. It's just something that you get used to, and in doing that, it changes your vantage point, your perspective on the way you see life, the way you see yourself, and the way you see your relationships with other people. So, crazy, but true. 
Yeah, Allie was uh, was amazing. That's uh, that's for sure, and she still yeah, it's is. Amazing. Yeah, the thing with Allie, I started calling her Chatty Cathy of the Dead, right? You know, the thing with Allie. Is that Allie yeah. and I were tight, 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 tight. And, um, you know, so that relationship, you know, we did all these radio shows together, and we'd done all these things together, and we were sort of intimately linked, I think, to a lot of people, Allie, Chubb, like and I. And we had a definite kind of energy together, a definite rapport. But, and this, and this really only happened, the chatty Kathy of the dead thing, for like three or four days. And I was like, Allie, you know, I talked to you on the phone, but now I talk to you more, it seems like. You know, but a lot of people, Michael, were saying the same kind of thing, right? I mean, there were a lot of people. said, oh, you know, Allie's here. I'm like, wow, you know, Allie is like mistalkative. Mis- but, but the relationship that I had with Allie, and I think this goes to um, to relationships we have with people that we really truly care about, supersede whether you're alive, whether you're dead. And so I don't know the mechanics, you know, whatever my bio is, I'm not smart enough or plugged in enough to know why immediately after she died, there was a, it was a, I was like so torn up about it, I, you know, I just, had to see her or was there some reason that in the first four days after she died she was everywhere and everybody was seeing her I I really don't know but those connections they they matter I mean I think that there's a validity to them I don't think that it's just stuff that I made up in my head because she would tell me things like you know I would hear this thing from Allie and then I would later verify the thing that Allie was telling me so you know it's interesting for sure. Yeah, it's always fun uh, to communicate with spirit and see what they have to say. Yeah, I mean, I tend to, as a psychic, be very much, I see it, I figure it out, that's how it goes. I tend not to be too much into mediumship. You know, I can do it. And when I've done radio shows in the past, I would always laugh at me because people call in when I talk to Aunt Petunia, and I would do it, but, in turn, but I really didn't want to do it too much. And, um, you know, for me, there's, a, there's an energetic signature. There's a, there's a harmonic vibration that people give off. And I tend to be, as a psychic, very motivated by looking at the emotional body of an individual. I mean, that's where the, that's where the information is. That's where the answers are. And so you, you develop a relationship with the emotional patterning, right? You get into a rhythm where you see chakras, you see whatever – if you can understand the root cause of where people are coming from, you know the path that they're on, and you and you then have an opportunity to help them to make changes to that. If this is going in a way in which they're not really happy, by by trying to get to the real foundation level of where they're coming from emotionally, then you have an opportunity to to help them make modifications to that, to change the way that they see themselves. I mean, it really comes down to when people are having complications, it's almost always um, a level of complexity in how they see themselves. They've been taught a limitation. They've accepted that limitation. And as a result of that, they're, they're not really seeing opportunities that are there for them, and they're, they're kind of causing themselves additional levels of problems. So, um, so in looking at, so for me, I tend to be very, very focused on the individual and focused on the ways in which they 
understand themselves in the relationship to other people. Because to me, that's where the action is. And that's where the greatest potential lies to help people to really kickstart their lives in ways that they would prefer rather than... I mean, I always say, you know, a pattern is a pattern until it's a lesson. But people tend to repeat patterns, whether these be relationships or addictions or whatever, because they're not understanding the inception point for where that idea came from that they're acting out or they're acting in rebellion against. You know, so... So if you go back deeply enough, you can find that, we can shine a light on that, and in, in doing so, ideally give people opportunities to make different sets of choices because they have a different understanding of themselves. I hope that makes sense, but, but that's the way I tend to work. And, and I've found that, it, you know, for me, it works pretty well that way. Yeah, we all have our own uh, unique way of uh, getting things to work for us. I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? I mean, uh, Sherry Dillard, you know, talked about this a lot. You know, there are different styles of psychics, and I tend to be, I mean, I'm very much like a traditional clairvoyant, right, you know, that I see things. But but really I'm much more interested in the way people feel. So my reputation, the rep- whatever reputation I have, is primarily based on public predictions predicting the economy or whatever, or doing remote viewing. Those are the things that get attention. But the thing that I do, hopefully that's the most beneficial and the most helpful, has nothing to do with that. It's all about looking at emotions and looking at the ways in which people understand themselves and the ways in which they have absorbed limitations and act from the, that's, that that place of lack, really. I mean, it's the best way, best way to put it, I think. So anyway, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, Go ahead. That's, that's how it works, I think. Yeah, I've seen you still doing a lot of the um, uh, past life work also. Well, past lives is, is really a key component. It's what got me started. It's really what's driven for those of you that don't know too much about me, um, you know, I do a lot of stuff with past lives. And um, and so I've tried to, like, I don't, like, I can see when you, when I talk to people, first off, if I make a prediction about the stock market or I make a prediction about President Trump or I make a prediction about anything, you can measure it and say, yes, you got it, no, you're an idiot. Yes, you got that one. You can count them. You can divide them. You can come up with a batting average. You can do all these things. It's in black and white. There is no debate. Um, But when you talk about reincarnation, when you talk about past lives, no matter how much I come up with these collages and overlays and they're like identical twins and the stories match and the astrology matches, there's still no way to say definitively that that's the way it rolls, right? But for me, <clears throat> excuse me, reincarnation to me is the key to everything. And I think if you understand reincarnation, you understand, I mean, I think you understand everything. I mean, if you understand causation, you understand relationships, you understand patterns, you understand, you know, life and death, uh, 
you know, I, I don't believe that there is a hard stop when you die. I do believe, um, in my theory and reincarnation, kind of a, you know, an abridged form goes like this. I believe there is a dominant singular essence, a soul essence, spirit, whatever you want to call it, that we all are sort of sprung out of. I believe that each individual lifetime is an individual expression of that particular dominant essence. But but there is always a reciprocal harmonic vibration between the essence and the individual lifetime. I also don't think of reincarnation, reincarnation excuse me, as necessarily linear, that it doesn't have to be one right after the other. I believe that some people can incarnate in multiple lives, multiple bodies in the same calendar times. So you might have, there might be two GPs, you know, there might be three. And so <clears throat> those are really manifestations of a harmonic patterning coming out of that dominant essence. So when you look at soulmates, I've done this radio show about soulmates and been interviewed about it, gone, I don't know, so many times. But my theory of soulmates, my idea of soulmates is that it doesn't have to be a romantic encounter. It doesn't have to be this beautiful romance novel with Fabio. A soulmate is someone who comes into your world who as a result of the way in which you respond to them, it changes you in some way. A soulmate changes you. It changes your harmonic. It changes your it changes the trajectory of your path. You know, I was gonna do this and I met I met, you know, Michael and we went to Costa Rica and my whole life changed and now I'm doing this. Okay, well you're soulmates. Because there's a reaction, there's a change in your action, there's a change in the way your life unfolds. It can be negative, it can be positive. But that's and so you see these energetic groupings. We can use astrology as a, as a way to delineate how that's going to play out, what the timing of that's going to be. You can look at uh, relationship patterns when you compare astrology charts. There are lots of ways in which you can do it. But but again, for me, reincarnation is a definitive answer to most questions when it comes to psychic things or when it comes to looking at behavioral patterns. So, yeah, I spend a lot of time talking about it. I wrote a, a book recently called Cases with Anomalous Dates. Uh, the last book I wrote, which was about um, concurrent lifetimes, and I'm working on another book on reincarnation too, which is a more kind of comprehensive, this is how I think it all works. So that's kind of entertaining. But we'll see it's, We'll see what that's like when it gets finished. Oh, yeah, let me know and uh, would be interested uh, to read it. Well, thank you. You know, there's probably not much I do that I don't tell people what I'm doing, so that's the beauty of it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the reincarnation, like the pictures that Michael's talking about, it's an I've identified, and this is like a needle in a haystack. GP is like, oh, my God, needle in a haystack. Because I get stories, right? But then I have to find somebody that matches that story. You know, it's not like I'm Jonah Ark and there's five billion things. These are more obscure types of people. They're just enough. They did just enough that they sort of register someplace, but they're not so grandiose that they're just the first thing you look for. I mean, they're not the first thing that pops up. This is an endless, again, needle in a haystack kind of process. 
But when you find somebody that matches the story, and then you look at them and go, dude, you and I are twins, and then you do the astrology, and the astrology is, because I, I think there's a reciprocal, very, very, very strong synastry between the uh, the individual and the past life. There should be, um, you know, there should be uh, a harmonic between the two. So um, there's a branch of astrology called synastry, which is like if you were looking to try to find out if this man is going to be a good husband or a good, you know, boyfriend or a good girlfriend, you know, whatever. You know, you're looking at you're looking at relationships between the two astrological charts. So you can you can do a harmonic overlay of the charts and and it's not so much the sun sign, you're a Virgo and you're a Pisces and whatever. You are looking at you're looking at the the very tight angles. So every planet when you're born has a has a specific location in the sky, right? So there's a degree. So in my case, when I was born, Leo was the moon was in Leo at 13 degrees Leo. So so it's not just that I have a moon in Leo. It's that my moon was at 13 degrees Leo. So or my sun was at 17 Aquarius, or my Mars at 16 Aries. And so every planet has a very specific location. It has a degree measure. Now what you're doing when you do comparisons. So if you all like any you know. Sort of amateur astrologers, if you want to do this, you can go on astro.com and look at them. Uh, you can do it for free. Is that you want to look at the degree measures and see how specific, how close they are to exact in terms of the relationships between planets in your chart and planets in your you know, potential partner's chart. And then you can see how that kind of an intensity level, how you all match up. The same kind of thing when you're looking at past lives. It's like I did a past lives with a lot of people. and uh, But I also did past lives with myself, and so I've done the photographic overlays. You know, sometimes, you, you know, they're like the, the one half of this picture and the one half of that picture, they look pretty close. So it's so much fun. It's like, a, you know, I'm like a crazy man with Photoshop sort of. But, yeah, it's it's pretty entertaining. I've I hope always that's um, sense. Felt I realize I'm just kind of rambling along here, but no, it makes sense to me. And um, you know, to what I tell a lot of people is, you know, I believe in uh, the reincarnations and past lives, but I also believe that in spirit, um, there is no such thing as time. It's just uh, time is here, what we experience. So we're actually um, in spirit and all these other lifetimes in the past and in the future, all at the same time. The only difference is our consciousness is only aware of this point in time, just like it is in all the other past lives. Everything's happening all at once. Yeah, and another thing that comes up a lot is in relationship to mediumship and reincarnation. So if the way I explain it is this. What we're connecting with, in my opinion, when we are doing anything as a medium, we are connecting with a holographic imprint of the energetic signature of that of Aunt Petunia. I always love Aunt Petunia. This is my go-to, you know, person. So Aunt Petunia is not in a rocking chair in heaven waiting for the grandkids to call her. There's an energetic imprint of Aunt Petunia because she's a subset and outgrowth 
uh, physical manifestation from her dominant essence. But Aunt Petunia may be off someplace else already, or she may be two other places already, or she may be taking a hiatus. It doesn't matter. But the energy has an imprint. It, ha- it leaves a kind of an etheric um, impression. And so you're connecting with that impression. Uh, and so that impression is where you get the energy and where you then can take that and then you have a dialogue with that with that energy pattern. And, and so there's nothing that, in my model, precludes Aunt Petunia from being Aunt Petunia that you can talk to, you know, in whatever way you can talk to her, and her running off and being someplace else doing some other thing. They're all simply expressions of a dominant spirit, a singular spirit, that chooses to express itself in, in a multitude of ways. And so that's what you're really connecting with. So um, so to me, there is no, there's no conflict between people wanting to connect with their late grandparents and them having reincarnated and run off to someplace else. You can still make that connection. And again, it is because that energy is not confined in a linear, you know, time is one, you know, tick after another kind of of location. Uh, Quantum physics is the craziest thing I know, and so quantum mechanics, quantum physics has, has done a lot of different experiments that would suggest that certain properties can, can appear to be in two places at the same time, or they can be both vibrating and sitting still concurrently. You're like, dude, you're, on, you're like on acid. What are you talking about? But, I mean, that's what's mm-hmm. happening. You know, we, we have that from a, from a scientific, you know, analytical standpoint. And to me, that's very much in alignment with what I think is happening in terms of reincarnation. So, so yeah, so reincarnation is kind of my thing. But it's, it's the thing that fascinates me most. And it really is the, the driving uh, reason for why I got into being a psychic to begin with, because I wanted to figure it out. You know, I went to California, and I asked questions, and, and, you know, then I started taking past life regressions, and I figured out how to do regressions. I could regress myself, and then I started meeting all these people, and next thing you know, I'm on TV. And that's kind of, again, I know that sounds kind of flippant, but it's kind of how it happened. And, um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I was passionate about it. I wanted to know. I was willing to do the work. I was willing to to be confused by it. I was willing to go for a long time without a definitive answer. I still don't have a definitive answer, even after studying it for 40 years. And um, But there's a, there's a drive to it, you know. When I saw my father die right in front of me, I was 22 years old, and I saw so many people die around me, and I was, you know, had this very Tolstoyan kind of vision, you know, idea, like, what is it? I mean, what the hell am I doing here? Why am I here? Where did I come from? What does it all mean? If I die, what happens to me? How does that impact the kinds of decisions I should make while I'm alive? You know, what's going to happen? And so those things were... You know, I wasn't just casual about it. I was intent. I mean, I was intent. I wanted to know, and I was willing to sort of, you know, trek off to, you know, like not to bed exactly, but not far from it metaphorically, 
to find my answer, and I was willing to give up the time and and um, make those choices. And so now, you know, I have the benefit of that now. But at the time, you know, it was a, you know, it was very much a, I give this up because I want to try to follow this and just hope for the best. Cross your fingers and see what happens. And that's about all you can do. So, do you do much with past lives? Um, I haven't. Um, I've um, dabbled a little bit in it, but uh, nothing really. What do you think of them? Uh, you know, it makes sense on, um, you know, like I said, you know, we've, uh, you know, you're reincarnated again and it means you had past lives. And I think we maintain our personalities for the most part. Um you know, we, we're not necessarily always the same person. You get to experience different things. Um, you, know, you know, one past life or in the future, uh, we may be similar energies as to uh, uh, Mr. Trump. Um, you know, you, you experience being rich, being poor, being all these different races, being the different genders, um, and it's part of who you are as a spirit. Yeah, the thing so, when I look at them, I, I often talk about what I've labeled as thematic buckets. And translated from Andy into English, what that means is that the people tend to have certain kinds of styles. So when we think about reincarnation, we have to work on the assumption that in order for reincarnation to happen, there has to be a means for it to be, you know, for the whatever it is that's reincarnated to be transmitted. And at the same time, there has to be some... Thing that is reincarnating. It has to have a kind of a, you know, an over and over and over again kind of quality to it. So you look at a, an essence, you look at a sort of a style. So in my opinion, uh, Michael, what's really, what's really reincarnating is an emotional template. It's an emotional style. So if you think about how does karma really, how does karma really get kicked into gear? So we have an emotional predisposition to do things. We could look at at, at past lives at, from an evolutionary standpoint that says we come and that the, the evolution is that we change the way in which we respond to certain kind of situations, certain kind of stimuli. In the past, this would have annoyed me and I would have just thrown chairs and, you know, you know broken a window or whatever. But now I take a deep breath and I let it go. Okay, that's evolution. So, so in this emotional style, this emotional template, people have certain kinds of predispositions. So one of this, one of the ways in which I've tried to make it kind of a faster way to get into it is to look at these themes. So maybe a use person has a theme as a healer or a scholar or a soldier or whatever. So you see these, you see these kinds of a high-level groupings, and then you drill down from there. Some people tend to have their lifetimes primarily be about action. I'm one of those kinds of people. I'm very action-oriented. Other people, and so so there's a lot of variety. You know, you put you put yourself in situations where you're being tested by the situation. Other people are not down with that. Their style is not like that. They're much more chicken soup, and let's let's all get the kids together. So in those cases, you're likely to see people whose past lives are not so much about wild variations 
and the types of situations in which they find themselves, but theirs is much more subtle. They're more about their refinement spiritually is about the ways in which they deal with people, the way they deal with challenges to those around them, the way in which they express love and the way in which they express uh, benevolence. So there are different there are different styles that people have. I mean, we see this every day. It's very psychic to this out. And so, in my opinion, what's really reincarnating is this emotional template. And because the emotional template is a predisposition to act in a certain way, that is how your quote-unquote karma is kicked in because you're put in situations this just annoyed the hell out of you last time. We'll try it again and see what you do this time. Okay? Sure. So I did the same thing. So I haven't learned anything. So so it's um so that so that that I think is part of part of the whole dynamic. Um you know, one of the things I always write about and always talk about, especially in look at relationships, is a pattern is a pattern until it becomes a lesson, right? And I think I mentioned this earlier. So yeah. Until until you understand why you're repeating something, you're going to be given plenty of opportunities, and the good betting line is you're going to repeat the same kind of thing. You're going to have the same basic storyline every single time until you understand what this storyline is trying to tell you, at which point it's no longer... It's no longer unconscious. It's moved into a level of consciousness, and as it moves into consciousness, then free will becomes to take a, take effect at this point, and then you have a chance to make modifications to the to the way in which it's playing out, and then you can make changes. You know, I don't believe that free will is also 100% all free, because on a lot of people are not conscious, really as to why they're making decisions, and as a result of that, they're likely to repeat patterns and think that they have the choice, but they're really just sort of acting on a reactionary mode, and so they're not really exhibiting free will. They're really in a kind of a you know, stimulus response, Pavlovian, you know, it's the bell rings and it's elevate. They're, they're going that road. So, so your, your desire of course, is to get into a space in which you are no longer simply responding but have a conscious level of awareness so that you're, at that point, choosing. Um, but you come with a preloaded set of variables, and and, um, and I think that, that those kind of blueprint about who you are repeats. And at the same time, because there is a... a an emotional style, there's also a physical style that's an outgrowth. So I do believe that most past lives be very, like the ones that I've found, have this off the chain, you know, how close they are in terms of physicality, how much the faces look alike, the body types look alike. I believe that that's important. And I think it's a reflection of that soul essence. It's used to seeing itself in a certain way. It doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, it doesn't matter what gender. Uh, it doesn't matter what race. It doesn't matter anything. I mean, there, there's going to be a, you know, kind of a, kind of look like, you know, no matter what, and uh, and I think that that will hold true most times. I, I don't think there's, like, I don't think people come wildly different 
in terms of their personalities, more in terms of their physical or the way in which they look. You know, certain kinds of things they're going to like to do every time. But the situations are different. The astrology is different. And so you are you're sort of stuck with responding to the astrology, whatever's available. You can't move Neptune and Pluto so they'll be in a better space for you. You kind of have to roll with the, with the way they're at and how they, you know, how they interact with the other planets in your chart. So your astrology, your DNA, all those things impact you. But there's still this thing behind the scenes that I think is very much the same over and over and over. So, yeah, to me, I mean, I can talk about reincarnation for weeks. I love it. To me, it's a nice so we'll Yeah, we'll have to definitely uh, talk more about it. Um, first, how can everyone reach you for, you know, like a past life reading or any type of reading? So my website is Andrew, A-N-D-R-E-W hyphen Brewer. So it's Andrew-Brewer.com. Or you can do rockandrollpsychic.com either way, which is R-O-C-K-N-R-O-L-L-P-S-Y-C-H-I-C.com. Uh, people are interested in knowing more about me, um, readings or books or the or the MP3s or those kinds of things. That's the place to find me. And I do most of my damage on Facebook, and that's and that's really the only social media thing I use. I don't use anything else. Uh, but um, so it's Facebook.com/slash/Andrew.Brewer. So it's Andrew with a period and Brewer. And I don't I don't use like like pages to make everything in the in the friend page. So. We want to grab a couple of calls and um, see who we can help out real quick. What's well, up to you? I mean, I, you know, I, I'll do whatever you want to do. Doesn't matter to me. Well, let's take a few calls and uh, then we can talk a little bit more about some other topics. Sure. Okay. Bring on area code two five six. You're on air. Hi, um, my name is Kimberly, and I'm calling from Georgia. Kimberly, how Hi, Kimberly, are you? how can we help you? Good. I just want to know, at this point in my life, um, and I'm fascinated about past lives, but um, spiritually, like, what am I supposed to be uh, doing right now as as part of um, a path, a career path, um, to strengthen my my life, I guess. Well, I mean, so what's happening with you to me is your third chakra. So your third chakra is about self-esteem and power. One of the things that's really key for you is to find ways in which you feel like you're exhibiting power. And that's where I think some of your frustration is coming from. So to answer your question, the best way I know how, specifically your question, is that you're used to being in places where you can assert your will where you're used to being, and I'm talking karmically, assert your independence. And so the independence and the ability to have positions of power is where some of your frustration is coming from. So I think it's important for you to not be frustrated, and I think it's important for you, because you're a very charismatic kind of got it going on energy. But if you find that you're not able to make that, for whatever reason, you know, background or whatever, you're not able to fully kick that into play in the way you like, and you have to go back and kind of go back to the drawing board. What are things that you can do to add to your your arsenal of talents, your skill sets? Because ultimately, to me, your your career is about 
being in positions of influence. You're not going to be happy. To me, you're not going to be happy just to be sort of an average thing. You want, you have an expectation, it seems to me, to do something yeah. above and beyond. You want, you want to make a difference. You want to be acknowledged, and 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 so the acknowledgement. This is where it gets confusing, because somewhere in your in your family tree, you've not been you've been sort of taught to be seen and not heard. But you want to be right. seen and heard. You want to be powerful, but you've been given a model that says you can't be, and so you're in a rebellion with that. Again, you've been given a limitation. That's not who you are, but it was right. done in a way probably to protect you. But you're like, I'm over that. I'm ready to rock and I'm ready to <laughs> kick it. How do I do that? Am I making sense, right. I hope? Yes, exactly. You're, you're spot on. So so you want to be in a kind of – you have a manager kind of energy to me. You want to be in a position where, because you have a very compassionate nature, you are kind of stubborn. I, um, I have no issues with that. Uh, and that stubbornness can also be determination. You're not going to back down from a snake. You're going to, you're going to continue to move forward. You want to do well. I think you do well in structured environments. Um, I think you need a structure, and and I think you need, but you need recognition. You will never be happy if you are not patted on the head and told you did well. You need the recognition, whether that's you need a trophy, you need a car, you need money, you need you need validation, because you you believe it, but you're not getting. The world's not giving back to you what you think you're capable of. Again, am I making sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. So, so you have to keep marching forward. I believe that you're going to really do something pretty impressive because I think you have that potential. I don't think energetically, I don't think that's where you're at right now, but I think that that's where you're headed. I think it's what suits you. Where people end up is really a reflection of who they are, the truth of who they are, the truth of who you are. Is, you've got it going on. But you've been told that, you know, what you want to be, that's not open to you. Well, it is open to you. But you just have to create, you have to build a bridge to get to it. And to me, that's sort of a corporate managerial kind of, you know, thing. Does that right. true to you? Right. How do you feel about what I just said, Kimberly? How do you feel about I, it? I I think you're exactly spot on, especially when you're talking about um, me wanting to be in a manager managerial position. Um, That's true. Really, yeah, I I really do not like being a follower. I know I have to be a in a team. But for so long, I've been in a position where I wanted to get out and do something, and then something happens, and I'm back where I started. And it's a pattern, and it's frustrating. Well, I mean, that's, that's because, in my opinion, you're, you're, you're kind of reverting back to the limit. It's like you know you can do it, 
But then there's like a cap, like a preset knob on the dial. When you mm-hmm. start going up to that, going, this is me. But then you get it and go, oh, I don't deserve this. This is not who I'm supposed to be. And then eh, the air goes out of the tires. So part of your path is going to be to learn who put that idea in your head. Most likely source is your parents. That's, you know, is more Sigmund Freud usually be a psychic and is an Ostradamus. But right. you're not going to be happy just working in a call center or being an average woman. That's not who you are. No. And and maybe other people don't understand that you have this power, and it's really important for you to make sure that they do understand it. And so, again, you you work harder. You own your power. Right now you don't own your power. You know you have it, but you don't own it. And until mm-hmm. you own it, then you're not going to get the benefits of it. You have a strong will. You are very organized. You have a very strong organizational ability to me. So, again, to me, you are a, again, like a manager of a call center. You have that kind of energy to me. Again, I don't know if that's exactly what you do, but it's a prototype that is who you are to me. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a positive thing to be. You know, so... Um, I mean, that is that is my answer to your specific question, the best way I know how to answer it. And, again, I okay. hope that makes sense. I mean, yeah, so talk to me. Is that is that what you want to – I mean, is that kind of generically what you want your path to look like? Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very no, much. I mean, that helped me. I'm sorry? No, no, no. I said thank you. Very much. That helps oh, tremendously. Yeah. Cool. Okay, let, us, let us know how everything goes for you. All right. I will. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Good. So I'm going to bring on this woman, Teresa. Hi, Teresa. Hi. How are you? Doing wonderful. How can we help you tonight? Okay, well, I am starting the new life. Um, I've done a lot of spiritual work. Um, Andrew, you and I used to talk way back when when I was still doing my show, and we were both just starting out. And oh, wow, that's been, fantastic. That's been many yeah. moons ago. Probably like um, 10 years ago, probably. Well, yeah, it's been, it's been a while. Um, I have been cleaning out the emotional and karmic back... Um, back closets. And so I am writing and producing film and television. And so uh, I am traveling the the path of uncertainty. Uh, Spirit told me instead of just going for the funding for just individual projects, I've started, I've got the um, reaching out for the funding for the studio. So I am reaching past the the moon towards the stars and the galaxies. Um, my question is: is um, I know how it, how it's going to turn out, but how can I bring people on board who are as passionate about it about it as I am? And so, just so you know, so what, what, the, uh, 
the first project um, on our slate is Never Can Say Goodbye, and that deals with reincarnation. That's fantastic. But I want to say this. When you talk about our energy drops, when people's energy drops, it suggests fear. So there's a fear. So you're coming at it in some sense from a position of, of fearfulness. And that doesn't mean it won't work, and it doesn't mean that you're going to stay fearful. But there is a, there's a sense of, there's not, to me, when someone's energy drops, and you can, you can feel it, you can, you know, uh, typically what that's going to say is that they are receding from it. They're sort of, sec- they're like hedging their bets a little bit. Lots of times you see this kind of energy in relationships where people's energy drops. I want to do it, but I, I'm protecting myself in case I don't want to be disappointed. So I've sort of got one foot out already, and you know, if it goes bad, then I'll. I mean, there's that kind of energy. So I think it's important for you to go. I'm all in, man. It's oh, I, I am I am definitely all in. It's just been a very long day. Um I I'm finishing but, but up. Energetically the though But energetically though, Teresa, your energy recedes from it, which to me suggests that there's an element of fear. Okay. Am, am I hallucinating or am, am I right? Um, well there's um a level of uncertainty. I'm an A type control freak. That I'm working on. Well, that's where the fear comes from, because um, you don't I, have you don't have a complete full. Again, you know, it's an imperfect science, but I'm going to give you my impression of it. Okay. I believe that again, specifically to this question, that you are nervous about it, mm-hmm. and I think I think it can happen. I mean, I, I don't think you should be nervous about it, but I think there is a kind of a I don't want to get. I don't want to be disappointed. There's a kind of a vibe like that behind the scenes with you, it seems to me. And I think it's important for you to, part of what your evolution is with this particular project is to have other people who, in some sense, it's like a division of labor kind of front, front thing, is you have to have the right players in place, and that's what part of your frustration is. So right. you don't have all the key people in the places to do those things. And so to me, logistically, this is the first the first leg of your journey is to find those people. And you have to be super assertive in some sense. You've got to be like, you know, P.T. Barnum here to make it happen. So, right. So my advice to you is to really not be timid uh, about going after the people that you want. Because you need those people first, it seems to me. You right. need the right core team, and that team to me is not is not finalized. Is that true? I mean, that's how it seems to me. Right. Um, we have yet to start hiring the, the team because we don't have – nobody w- works for free when they work for me. Well, again, that's that's where the fear comes from. That's where the frustration is coming from. So you're in a Hollywood English dictionary kind of thing. You know, a lot of people would approach me about television shows. And I'd say, okay, and they don't have any money. So really what they're trying to do is to get my name attached to it, to try to go get money, 
And then if they have the money, then they're probably going to get somebody bigger than me because now they have funding. I mean, so you're right. in that kind of loop a little bit. It's so, called the chicken and the egg syndrome. Yeah, so I call it the Hollywood English Dictionary, but it's the same basic premise. Your frustration and fear is that you don't have the people in place. How do you get the people in place? That's where your energy receives. It makes total sense. But for this project to launch and fly the way in which you would like it to fly, it's critical that you get people on board. I mean, so if you had the money, you could hire the people, but you don't have the money until you have the people, so you're in a catch-22. I think you have to find the people who are passionate about the idea of it and use that. You need the people before you need the money. And it's going to be tougher to get the right people without, you know, the funding, but that's your challenge, and that's why you're fearful, and that's totally legitimate to be fearful a little bit about that. I think you have a good chance to do that. But um, I also think that one of the key players is going to be a woman that has dark hair. She has it kind of cropped. Like you know, like uh, like Louise Brooks. I don't know if you know who Louise Brooks was. She was a part, uh, an actress in the twenties. She kind of looks like yeah, her hair is cut that way. So um, so I would be after you need. Um, she's a very much like a um, designer. She she reminds she has a kind of a designer kind of vibe to her, like a fashion okay. designer. Although I know that's not what she is, but she has that kind of energy to me. And, well, the um, studio is going to be lo- for low to medium budget, budgeted film and television, but it's going to be ethnically, ge- uh, basically is based on diversity and in being inclusive for gender, um, age, and uh, for ethnicity. Uh, we are all about bringing in people who are being overlooked. Well, I mean, so, again, you know, it's beautiful. I mean, conceptually, it's beautiful, but then there's the logistics of it. So, again, to try to answer your question, the best way I know how, mm-hmm. right now, this is, I mean, that's your challenge, right, if, I, if I'm reading this correctly. Right. And, and in order to meet that challenge, you're going to have to get at least one more person on board, and I think it's a woman that has her hair cropped like this, in order to help you. Because you ha- as you have one, then that attracts two, and that's so y- your your challenge is to get this one who will help you get the next one. So okay. don't look at it as you have to do everything all at one time. Right. Break it down in an incremental process, and look at developing, you know, developing ideas, developing you know vehicles that you can use, because that's tangible, you know, you have a project, especially cable companies, things like that, they need stuff. You know, you know, there's, right. you know, like when I was in L.A., I got jobs as an actor every day, and I go, I thought being an actor was hard. Well, no, it's not hard if you, you know, if you you have a, if you have something that they want. I guess, you know, looking right. like a Russian killer was something that was in style that day, so it was a way for it to work. So the same kind of thing's going to work for you, Teresa, but in order to get Past the gatekeeper kind of thing, you you need a little you need a few extra pieces in your puzzle filled in. You don't need the whole puzzle right. filled in. And I think that you're you know you have good ideas, you have you know good bones, but you need some more flesh to it. And those are people. 
And without right. them, this project's not going to happen. Right. So you have to you have to find them. Again, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Oh well, it's going it's it's happening. Um, we've got it in front of investors in, in an investment bank. It's happening. It's just um, I need. Uh, uh, like you said, a few more people on board, and I've been reaching out and doing that. I just um, working from Michigan. It it, it takes a little bit more um, moxie. Well, that's so, what I'm saying. You uh, have to be assertive. You have you have to you have to be the key to this is for you to be PT Barnum. This is what I'm saying. You yeah. cannot. You cannot be passive. You cannot be average. You have to go above and beyond. You have to find right. a way to stand out. And if you're right. coming from outside of those markets, if you're not in L.A. or you're not in, you know, New York or even, you know, Chicago, you could go to Chicago mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, but um, but it makes it it makes it more complicated because. Then you are, I mean, you know, people in the film industry are snobs. And so they're looking, they're also looking for certainty. So when we have right. a person, no matter how brilliant they are, no matter how beautiful their ideas, and they live in Michigan and it's just them, then there's a skepticism, right? So that's, that's what you're fighting against. You have to recruit a player who's in one of those markets. You need, a, you need somebody in your team that can go have face-to-face meetings in Los Angeles or wherever you're trying to get money. And um, not impossible, and it's not, it can be done without it, but it'll be harder to do without it. Right. And the challenge, then if you're not going that direction, then your, your challenge is to find people locally, but then you are on the hook to support local projects because that's the most likely way right. in which you're going to get funding, and that's not what you want to do. So that's that makes it you know kind of yeah. complex. Um, but your energies, your energy, you have to get into a space where you are pushing the envelope harder. That's my opinion, and, okay. and you know I'm sticking well, with. Well, Andrew, thank you. It's good to see you again. Um, I'm glad you got your show back on the road. Well, this is Michael, so I'm just, you know, like oh. Uh, oh, okay. showing up. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, see you later. Well, best wishes to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Let us Bye. know how everything goes. Uh, okay, sure. Bye-bye. Bye. And since we've only got about 10 minutes, I probably can't do a reading in 10 minutes, so we should just hang out and talk. So, um, sounds good. Is there anything else you want to talk about before I head out? Um, just uh, see, what do you have coming up next to let people know about? Any well, events coming to up? New York City. I'm planning to go to New York City. One of the things is to have them, you know, that thing that Teresa Caputo did where they, like, stick that hat in your head and scan your brain. I think they're going to do that to me. That should be pretty entertaining. Um, you can do a lot of classes. I've held off a little bit because I'm doing a bunch of classes now and I haven't scheduled them because I thought I was going to New York, but I'll start doing I do online classes um, on a variety of topics, not not just in reincarnation. You know, I do a lot of things with, like, for creativity, um, psychic development and stuff, but um, 
you know, just, you know, I don't have any, like, major big thing that I'm going to be some other than, you know, Manhattan. But, um, you know, I'm kind of nesting now. I like it, you know. I mean, you know, my mother just died a few months ago. And so I've been kind of, like, going through that. And, um, you know, no matter how evolved you are, and no matter what your relationship is with your mother, when, you know, both your parents are dead, you know, you're going to kind of, it's going to, kind of level set, and then again, one of my very best friends um, just died a couple of months ago, so, um, and I'm working on this book, you know, I'm trying to really finish this, this book on reincarnation, which I think is hopefully going to be a positive thing. What are you up to? Well, good. Uh, just living here at the halfway up a volcano and enjoying oh, life in wild. Costa Rica. That's fantastic. Yeah, and and getting used to uh, uh, the other night we had four earthquakes, uh, uh, about a three between a three to a four. So I'm not used to feeling the. the Yeah, sitting around and all of a sudden that you know it's like everything starts rattling and uh, you know we start swaying side to side. It's like, okay, this is kind of creepy, and so yeah, so just getting used to that and. Still trying to figure out um, some of the reasons why Spirit brought me here, but I've uh, been meeting a lot of amazing people in a beautiful country. Well, I mean, that's probably it. You know, I mean, you know, the, when you get into a space where you say, you know, this is some crazy stuff, but it seems to work, usually it, then things work even better. And so a lot of it, I don't think, you know, I don't, I'm not a real big believer in you just hand the keys over to, you know, Jesus and let it roll. I think you have to, you know, assert your will into the into the mixture. But at the same time, I think there is a, a state of, of mind, a state of being in which you say, you know, I have a trust in the benevolence of the universe, and I believe I deserve good things. I believe I'm in harmony with my environment. I believe I'm in harmony with myself. I expect good things to happen because I believe in myself. And so when you have that belief in yourself, I do believe good things happen, you know. And I think most people have real challenges. Uh, most, you know, a big part of that is is often an outgrowth of of not really trusting themselves. And, and if that's true, then that's because they've been taught not to. And when you believe that that's the way it is, you will get plenty of confirmation that that's the truth. And, you know, that's always, that's a, that's a bummer. Uh, so, oh, yeah, you're know, I, I knew- reach out because you're, you're making magical things happen, you know? Yeah, because we're opening up um, to be able to host retreats of any type here, whether it's yoga, spiritual, psychic, um, you know, just needing to get away and be quiet for a while. So we're, you know, we have rooms that we can rent out. Um, you know, I'll be yeah, available to do reading stuff. So yeah, so it's uh, it's a challenge. Um, but I knew the minute we came here that um, Costa Rica was home, and um, you know, no, I came here fantastic. in April, September. We were living here. Yeah, it's interesting because you know I was born where I'm at now, and I hadn't you know really planned to live in a small town in Ohio. But I like it here. I like the place I live. It's pretty, you know, look out the window, there's trees, and you don't know where things at, and and so, so 
so I have kind of like the back cave here, and then I can go to some place like New York or I was in Phoenix for a month or whatever. So there's a rhythm to that, right? You know, in the past, I've tended to locate in like major places, and uh, and now I'm not doing that. So it's it's a readjustment to me a little bit, but in some sense, I like it better, you know. And so I'm yep. I'm changing the rhythm. I took a year off really to help my mother, and I couldn't go. And when I say I couldn't go anywhere, I mean I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do. It's hard for me to do readings because my mom was kind of insane, and she'd walk out and you know say there's people in the, you know, coming out of the closets and stuff. I mean, you know, me and my mother had dementia, hardcore, and so you know it, it had its challenges. And um, so some recalibrating uh, after that year, and um, and so you're doing the same thing. You know, you're going, you've had some challenges, you know, in terms of family and people close to you, and now you're reestablishing and, and, and ready to, you know, be a unicorn and fly again. It's fantastic, you know. It's awesome. Yeah, and uh, you know, started the shows again and have you back uh, with me, so which is really nice. So it was a lot of fun talking with you. Thank you. Thank you. Hugs. Sending you a hug. So, yes, um, lots of so again, and all that stuff. Awesome. So it's been fun. Again, the website is andrew-brewer.com. And I won all these contests, Michael. I, I'm like, I'm like, I read my bio. I go, dude, you got it going on. And then I go, wow, is that really true? <laughs> but, but yeah, when you read the, when I read my own bio, I think, wow, I'm like super impressive. It's, it's really kind of a weird feeling. Uh, and then I go, wow, that's just ridiculous because you're just you and just hanging out and living in Ohio, but. Is where it is. So everybody have a happy week. Unicorn loved all. And uh, Michael, you have a good week. And, you do uh, the same, and uh, I'll talk to you again real soon. Sounds fantastic. Good night, everybody. Thank okay. you. Bye. Good night. Uh, don't forget, everyone, check out uh, Andrew at uh, andrew-brewer.com, or you can go to rockandrollpsychic.com. Uh, you know, let him know that you heard him on the show. He's amazing, and uh, we haven't met in person yet, but I'm sure one of these days we will. Uh, as you could tell, he is uh, very energetic and uh, very informative, and uh, you know, and, uh, he'll help you out best that he can. So check out his website, rockandrollpsychic.com or andrew-brewer.com, and uh, get him for a reading. And while you're at it, too, I'm available for readings, too. If anyone wants a private one-on-one, go to revmichaelcarbone.com. And you can click on the services link on there, and um, you know I can uh, do a reading on Skype. We got many retreats coming up. If you're interested in a retreat, come here to Costa Rica, or want to bring a group here, go to CostaRica-Retreat.com. Uh, check out what we have going on, and uh, contact me on that website as well, and we can work something out. It doesn't have to be a big group. We're a small boutique area. We have one. We can sleep about 20 people here. So it's a beautiful view of the volcano. You know, we don't have to worry about the lava spewing out and coming after us or anything like that. It actually goes to uh, the west side of the volcano. But, um, you know, have a little bit of a ground shake once in a while. You get to see the steam and the ash coming out of the crater because we're at 4,700 feet and the volcano is at 8,000 feet. So a little bit more than halfway up there. Beautiful country. 
Right now, as you can tell, if you're looking at Facebook Live, I have a long sleeve shirt on because it's a little cool. It's uh, probably in the 60s right now. Daytime gets into about the 80s, mid 80s, um, where we're at. So it's beautiful weather. It's a rainy season right now, but come any time of the year, and uh, we'll get you all uh, hooked up. Now, if I go to bethelightnow.com and uh, check out our schedule of events, who we have coming up next, and uh, many other things. And hopefully soon, both apps will be available for the Android devices and for your iPhones. You'll be able to listen to the shows from no matter where you are. You'll be able to interact with us because I have a feature on there where you can go ahead and say message us, and it will go through the email uh, right to my phone. And I've got the phone on the side here so I can keep up with going on. Um, Always busy as usual, but uh, I will be available to help you out. And if you're looking to host your own show, uh, to to broadcast 24/7 or however you want to go ahead and do it, you know, contact me as well because we do have our own radio server that I'm installing and getting set up right now. So until next time, everyone, have fun, be good, and know that you are loved because uh, you know you're listening in, and how can I not love you for that? So uh, good night, everyone, and see you later. Bye. As I slowly disconnect everything. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.